This is show number five, titled Mindful Nourishment, a strategy for change from Aaron Johnson on the Health and Wellness in Encinitas podcast. Welcome back to Health and Wellness Encinitas. This is Lisa Thorpe with Thorpe Institute of Integrated Medicine and Intel Bio. This week we have Aaron Johnson, our new resident all the way from New York City and now living in Del Mar, beautiful Del Mar, a fantastic wellness practitioner and avid meditator. Yes. So Aaron, I'm going to let you explain what you do and tell us uh, who you help and how you help them. Sure. Um, like Lisa said, my name is Erin Johnson. I recently moved out to Del Mar from Manhattan in March, and my practice is called GLSEN. Basically, the premise is uh, meditation instruction and something I call mindful nourishment, where the foundation is meditation, and then I also incorporate looking at the health of the whole person what they're eating, what their issues are, and then beginning to make some nutritional recommendations to help them return to balance and to sort of begin to be guided by what their body's messages are telling them through starting the meditation practice as well. So it's sort of a two, two-pronged two approach to allowing people to really get back to balance and to become self-aware. And it's it's kind of a um, two... It's- two ways. It's like if you start meditating, you become more aware and you probably eat more pure. If you start eating more pure, you probably become more aware and get more conscious. Exactly. In a way, becoming more meditative. Exactly. And initially, I thought, you know, I would just focus solely on the meditation. But my experience, sort of my story in learning how to meditate and then in beginning to eat better and really learning about nutrition and enrolling in the program that I'm in, it really taught me that it has to be both. You can't really do one in isolation. You have to have the meditation and you also have to learn how to eat in a way that's in tune with your body for you to really gain balance and to get back to equilibrium. Right, or it's going to cause dis-ease, right? Exactly, exactly. I I know, I go through this all the time because I I do have a chronic um, issue. I have um, uh, celiacs, which uh, has led me to originally I had fibromyalgia type syndrome. And so it's an ongoing thing. I have to, I have to be very aware of what I eat. And I even will, I don't do it all of the time, but I do much better when I do it. I'll even use a self kinesiology where I'll use a tilt method to see what I'm drawn to. And if I, if I literally will be drawn toward it, then I know it's healthy for me. But if my body slightly goes back, then I know it's not good for me. Exactly. That's the whole foundation of what I'm doing is you get into a state with the meditation where you become guided and your body begins to tell you the answers. So your body begins to have messages and begins to speak to you. And then you learn to trust that voice and to begin to listen to what your body is telling you. And in my experience, it's sort of two years ago, I found meditation in New York and you know, gradually, it just really began to change my life and sort of led me to be very interested in nutrition. And I ended up losing 30 pounds as sort of a a byproduct of of just beginning this mindful practice. So it's just something that I'm very passionate about, and that I believe people can can really gain health and achieve balance and their ideal weight by becoming mindful. 
Right. And ultimately happiness and success and so many other things. Yes. So you were living, you're originally from Pennsylvania. Originally from New Jersey. I New went Jersey. to college in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia. At the okay. University of Pennsylvania. Okay. And, but you spent a lot of time in New York. I did. Uh, in a very corporate, busy life. Yes. And you got your master's there. So very different lifestyle from uh, meditating and teaching nutrition. Absolutely. And I think the 12 years that I spent in New York was sort of, you know, just part of my journey. I kind of needed to be in that corporate environment to get to the place where I kind of felt stuck after a while. And that's really what led me to the meditation. And then everything changed. What kind of work were you doing in New York? The last thing I was doing was working for The Economist magazine. I was doing strategy and planning for them for the last seven years. Wow. And then before that, I was working for Forbes magazine in a similar role. And then before that, for two years, I was working at an investment bank. So you can see where your strategy and planning uh, (laughs) skills help people because that's a big part of changing behavior, changing habits is strategy and planning. That's I know for me, if I don't have a plan, if I just have an idea like, oh, I want to give up sugar, but I don't have a plan, then it doesn't happen. Exactly. And that's a whole part of what I do also is teach people how to incorporate the practices and the change in behavior into their daily life in a way that's not super jarring or, you know, taxing for them, something that's easily assimilated into their daily life. What brought you to meditation? Really, it was, you know, a soul searching. It was just something didn't feel quite right. I felt stuck a little bit. And I just felt that I needed to, to kind of in a natural way, just quiet down and really get in touch with the reason why I felt this sense of feeling stuck. And I knew that I needed to do something larger and, you know, just was drawn toward trying to figure it out in a natural way. And I had heard about meditation in my yoga classes and was a little bit reluctant because it was something different, but figured, you know, I'll try this because it's natural and it just really changed my whole life. Right. And I know from, from practicing yoga that, uh, there's a lot of different types of meditation. There's a lot of ways to meditate. What kind of meditation uh, do you practice? The meditation that I teach is is basically TM. It's working with a mantra. So it's mantra meditation. And then there's a little bit of light work also. It's um, sort of um, like downring light to into the chakra systems to calm the body and to get the body back to balance. So it's a combination of transcendental meditation as well as some other forms that I've learned about. So for the lay people, we're using words to help focus the mind because not everybody knows what mantras are. I mean, this is a very ancient technique, but to make it quite simple, mantras are, are words that help to calm and focus the mind so that we're not subject to this constant onslaught of thoughts, right? Exactly. And it's basically a frequency. It's a, a word that the mind can attach to. It's a different frequency that allows the mind to really become calm and to stop the thoughts. So if you continue to repeat this word that's at a certain frequency, the mind can attach to that and detach from the thoughts. Right. And I know that this, when we start talking about frequency, this is what I've been doing for the last 10 years with uh, our medical device companies. We work with frequency and their devices that, that entrain uh, the sleep and meditative frequencies. So that type of technology now that we can use 
an actual device, has been around for centuries, even longer, in the form of mantras and uh, crystal bowls and other sound healing that will create a frequency. So that's the sound part, the mantras, the frequency. You also mentioned about light and coming through the chakras. And for somebody that's not exposed to this kind of language, I think how we can explain it or how I would explain it is uh, like visualization. Sure. Because you're visualizing and, and you can explain better uh, how how the light is coming in, how you're envisioning the light coming through, and then maybe we can talk a little bit about the energy systems. Sure. Yeah, it's basically visualizing um, your higher self point, which, um, you know, your higher self is connected to source, something larger than you. And it's basically visualizing a light kind of coming down through your higher self point into your chakra systems. And it's just really focusing your mind on visualizing that light coming down and each color has a different effect. So I kind of take people through what each color is doing for them and take it them through visualizing it going through each of their chakras. I love uh, I, I love that type of visualization. I've used chakra and color visualizations many times. And what I love is that nowadays there's so much research to substantiate why visualization is so powerful. They've done research on pro athletes that use visualization, or I think it was Olympic athletes that use visualization and how the body, it's almost as if they're practicing the technique just visualizing it, that the results, their their ability to get better at what they're practicing just by visualizing it is improved substantially uh, just as well as if they were actually doing it. And the colors or the chakra system, the energies, both both the chakra systems, the meridians, all of these things that used to be considered not real, they now have science that can demonstrate that these energy systems exist. And there's even Carillion photography that are showing the energy coming up from the body. So, and of course, we've known now for a long time that everything's energy, so it's not that big of a surprise. Yes. And even Western medicine now knows that the, the solar plexus, we have this bundle of nerves. So even Western medicine is recognizing the second brain is our our uh, solar plexus, which which, which chakra is that? That's, I think, the second chakra. Yeah, and yeah. so... So do you do you think that that going through the chakras uh, is something that you recommend for every single person? Not necessarily. I think it's really what I do in the first session with someone is go through their health history, what their issues are, and sort of what they're looking to gain from the practice. And then I'll sort of assess whether maybe just the mantra meditation is better for them, maybe a combination of the light and the mantra meditation works, or it's just the light. It, it really is very dependent upon the person, the client that I'm working with. Personalized. Absolutely. So the people that you've worked with so far, can you give us some stories, some examples of what they came to you for and what their results were? Sure. A couple of my clients just really have tried to get into meditation before and just haven't had luck being able to focus their attention. And they've done it for maybe a week here and there, but they haven't been able to incorporate it into their daily life as a practice. So I've worked with them one-on-one to sort of take them through a very easy way, a very simple way to incorporate it into their daily lives, just in the morning when they wake up and then at night. And I've had some amazing testimonials and that people are actually doing it every day and really gaining huge benefits in their life and actually beginning to sort of share it with other people in their life. And I think that's what I do for people is make it very simple for them, make it easily digestible and 
make it able for them to incorporate it easily into their life. And that's what seems to be the challenge with most people is sort of trepidation in that they, their mind can't focus or they can't sit still for that long. I'm, you know, able to really work with them to come up with solutions for them to incorporate it. Is there a time limit that you think is necessary for it to be beneficial? In terms of duration of the actual meditation yes. or how long they need to be doing it? Both. I don't think so. You know, I actually had somebody come to me recently and he would start falling asleep if he was doing it for more than five minutes. Right. So at that point I said, let's just do it for five minutes then and then come out of it and, you know, begin to practice that. And then eventually maybe when your mind is more, you know, comfortable with this, we can start to increase the time. But I believe as long as you're doing it for a short period of time every day, it will still have an effect. Right. Well, and it is. It's it's literally calming the frequencies of the brain. The brain, uh, normal adult brains in the day, our brain is exhibiting beta, which is a pretty fast frequency. Exactly. And that's our thinking, kind of our survival. Fight, flight, freeze, right, wrong. It can be very constructive, which is positive. We build fire, build shelter, create all kinds of amazing ideas and creative, uh, create. Uh, it can be very negative. It can be that onslaught of thoughts like oh why did you do this you know it's it's a very it can be very negative yes uh, the frequent all of the frequencies can be entrenched in either a positive or a negative uh, mindset and however I think that there's something powerful and I do believe personally that most of us are uh, alpha deprived yes when the brain slows down out of that fast survival, thinking beta and those thoughts are going all the time the body comes to rest the mind's not thinking we become what they call the witness or the observer and a lot of people don't realize that this alpha frequency is the frequency of the earth so we used to walk on the earth sleep on yeah. the earth go and pick berries on the earth or hunt hunt animals on the earth so it used to be that our body was resonating with the earth all the time. And we would go into thinking beta frequencies for short periods of time to accomplish tasks. Sure. And now we're waking up, we're popping straight into high beta with an onslaught of thoughts and anxieties, and, and then putting on rubber shoes and walking on concrete and never getting grounded, never getting back to this earth alpha resonance. And so I think it's wonderful for people to understand how nurturing and nourishing the alpha frequencies are, and it's a range of frequencies. So so it's not just one place, it's it's a place between a wakefulness and a sleep, and it's the sweet spot where this wonderful crescendo of healing chemicals starts to get released and our whole nervous system calms down. Yes. And uh Beyond that, of course, is, is the sleep states, the, the uh, rapid eye movement in theta and then delta, which people that are really, really advanced masters of meditation can stay in active uh, meditation, even to, into those deep, deep states, which is pretty interesting to talk about, too. So I, I'm a big proponent of people learning how to get into meditation. I myself cheat. <laughs> <laughs> I use I use binaural beats most of the time, first thing in the morning. I use our own technology a lot of times in the evenings. Uh, for a while, I, I was able to meditate by myself, but I haven't done it. I haven't done it in a while. 
I, I need to get back into it. We should probably talk. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but I think whatever method you, you find that yeah. works for you is, is successful and that's what you should follow. But I agree about the alpha waves. I mean, I really, for me, it was getting into that state, you just become more attracted to nature and you kind of want to be in nature and it begins to feed you. And I think that goes along the lines with the mindful nourishment as you're sort of attracted to natural foods that grow on the earth because the energy, you're sort of in line with the energy because your brain gets back to a state of being in nature versus being in that negative tape or whatever it is the thoughts are creating in the beta state. Well, and I think even, even if we chose to eat something that we know isn't great for us, if we're being mindful about it, if we're letting our body know what we're about to eat, taking the time to actually look at what we're going to eat, if we're um, possibly even putting Reiki, positive energy, and, and it goes back to this pray before you eat. These right. simple old traditions mm-hmm. of energetically charging what you're about to eat. So even if the quality of the food is not that great, you can actually improve the energy of that food by taking the time to look at it, maybe pray before you eat, or use what you know some would call Reiki or our own natural energy to improve the quality of that food. And, and that's something that I really believe is just slowing down, right? Slowing I believe that down. too. And I think that's a really important point you're making because the whole, my whole philosophy is never to deprive yourself of anything right. because it's never going to work. If you say, I'm never going to eat a piece of chocolate, I'm never going to have a piece of cake. You can't maintain that. Well, subconsciously, the the brain only hears cake and chocolate. It doesn't hear the never part. So it's just being reminded of right. cake and chocolate. But also I believe, like you said, the yeah. body is, if you sort of bless the food and and maybe just shift the energy around the food and just sort of know that your body is very healthy because most of the time you're eating very consciously and mindfully that your body will assimilate right those types of foods as well and that you'll you know your body works and your body will digest those foods so it's not about deprivation and that's sort of my biggest thing is that I want people to work within a paradigm where it's very natural and it's they're eating what they want also and they're listening to their body because sometimes your body wants something and I believe you need to honor that. I agree. My body always wants chocolate. And, and <laughs> Mine I, does too, and quite I often. I really need to stop arguing with it about those anondamines. I, there was some research that came out a while ago. Somebody actually named the the phytochemicals in chocolate anondamines. Uh, but it's also found in wine and THC and, and a number of other um, uh, natural substances that there's like opiates that our brain produces these receptors for, uh, we produce receptors for anondamines that are found in chocolate and red wine and other foods and herbs that give us a very good feeling. And and this actually brings up another topic that I'm fascinated with, which is a lot of foods are addictive. And I don't think most people realize that, that wheat and dairy and sugar, and sugar, sugar is hugely are very addictive. And so they're eating it and they're trying to stop and they don't realize that you're physically addicted to it, and so it, it might require some support and a plan in order to take it out of your diet because you do go through withdrawals, and then there are emotional aspects to why that addiction is there Absolutely. that need to be addressed. And and I think that that's where the mindfulness and meditation exactly. is so powerful. That's my whole philosophy, and it's, you know, I, I believe it really can cure addiction. I mean, my story, too, is that I did go through depression a bit, and I was taking medication for it, and a big reason why I wanted to start this meditation was to naturally not have to to do that anymore. Wow. And I am can say that I do not take any medication at all anymore. And I truly believe that this mindfulness can help people with addiction and can also help people 
cope and deal with their depression or anxiety or psychological issues in a natural way where they're not having to take any kind of pharmaceutical. Sure. That's really where the passion comes sure. in for me and that I really believe there is a natural way for people to heal. I agree. And I, I'm, I'm absolutely for people taking something in the moment if it's absolutely what's necessary, especially in emergency sure, situations. Of course. And everybody does what they need to do in the moment. So I, I, I'm always careful not to put shame because, hey, Life is hard, and so at some point, people people are given something, and they need to take it, and that's fine. But when they're ready, and they and they really want to change, and then they can find the support, and they can get off of uh, medications. And and I always tell people before getting off any any kind of medication, it's important to look at what we're putting in, so that as we're taking that out. It's not so painful. And it's kind of shocking to me that people will go into doctors and be handed prescriptions without any advice on how to stop taking that medication. Absolutely. It's irresponsible. Yeah. In, it is. In, in it's very ways. irresponsible. Yeah. And, and, and I look and I, because, you know, the, and once again, this is like foods, people don't know that dairy and wheat acts like an opiate in the brain. Definitely not as powerful as morphine, but it's still, it has an opioid effect so Absolutely. if they knew that, if they know, oh my gosh, this is like an opiate, it's like taking a very low dose morphine. I mean, it's not, but it, but it is. It forms it has a, kind of a coping mechanism. People it is use a it to heal with their pain. To... And, and we've been breaking bread. It's a very social, it's like how we commune, right? Absolutely. I, mean, I was raised Catholic. We yeah, me literally too, <laughs> took, took uh, wheat every Sunday as part of our religious ceremony. Yes. So, so there's a lot of there's a lot of things that interplay there about when you're going to change a habit and how to do it in a healthy way and how to do it in a supported way. One of the things I really believe, and you can probably speak to this, is even before looking at what to change as far as the foods, is just improving hydration. Yes, I think number one across the board, what I tell people is focus on your hydration for at least a week or two first. And because hydration doesn't happen over one or two days, it happens over at least a week, maybe more of being very dedicated to increasing your high, good water, number right, one, with a good pH quality balance, water, right? quality, clean water. And, and that's where John comes in that produces the show. He's our water expert. And and then even looking at in, increasing the amount of, of watery fruits and vegetables. And, and I don't, I only know from my own experience, but I, I, you know, I love to add cucumber and even, and celery. And, but I, I'm sure you as well can recommend as far as increasing hydration with nutrition, with food. Absolutely. Rather than juices or, you know, carbonated beverages or sodas and things like that, just really using food and a really healthy water to, to begin with Great. the hydration, I think is huge. So I want to get back to your practice here locally and, and who should seek you out? Well, I, my target demographic is women in their 30s to 40s who are just struggling and wanting to lose weight or just, you know, have a bad body image or just want to, to slow down or even make a change in their life, just kind of facing some issues that are making them feel stuck or maybe not fully happy or, you know, giving their gifts in the world who that may just need to quiet down and, and take a pause. That's really who, who I'm focusing on. And get results. Now, you 
offer, is it a 20-minute free consultation? It is. It's a 20-minute free consultation. Absolutely. And you have a tagline on your website. It's a tranquil transformation. Tranquil transformation. So it's glisten and then tranquil transformation. And the glisten really, the premise of it is a guided listening. So basically I guide people to begin to listen to themselves. That's great. That's where it came from. <laughs> so there, there's one thing that I, I invite our guests to offer to the listeners, and that's what is your number one wellness tip? If you were to tell people, you know, if you did nothing else, what is the one thing you would recommend people do in for their wellness? I would say just begin a breathing practice where you really get in touch with your breath. And then also I really highly recommend learning how to meditate and getting into a meditation practice to allow yourself to pause and to really begin to become self-aware and to begin to listen to your body and seek balance. That's beautiful. I love uh, the, the, I'm currently reading uh, the work of David Data. Oh, I guess I like him. And he talks about living as love and opening regardless of what we're experiencing in life. Because, of course, we all go through times when it triggers our ego and we recoil into fear or guilt or shame or anger. Everyone, yes. And he, and most of the spiritual teachers or even psychologists will talk about meeting that emotion or, or facing it and turning to it as opposed to recoiling. And I like David uh, Data talks about instead of, recoil, of uh, recoiling into it, but opening into it instead of meeting, which I, I like. So I really uh, love sharing this idea of opening as love through whatever it is we're going uh, through in life. And, and so that's my, that's my most recent practice. And it's, not a, it's a moment-to-moment practice. Absolutely. Moment-to-moment. Which, which is fun. And the thing is, I always tell people that the thoughts are going to come. The yes. thoughts are going to come. You just bring yes. your attention back to these practices slowly, gradually, over time, you will begin to see positive changes that will change your life. Indeed. But it's, it's a practice, and it's, I just think that's, it's, I don't know, the way to happiness and peace. It's true. Wonderful. Well, Erin Johnson uh, with Glisten, thank you so much for coming in. It's such a pleasure. And for offering what you're offering, you're going to help a lot of people uh, in Del Mar and anyone in the area. Now, do you, one more thing, do you do remote? If somebody's not in the area, if they wanted to call you, can you help people without Absolutely. actually being? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can do it via Skype or just even on the phone. Great. I do have a couple of people I work with on the East Coast right now. So Great. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Lisa. I very much enjoyed it. (laughs) Thank you. This is Health and Wellness in Encinitas. This is Lisa Thorpe with Thorpe Institute of Integrated Medicine and Intel Bio. This show was produced by John Beethan and brought to you by Alkaway.com, the makers of UltraStream, working like nature to filter, alkalize, and naturally energize water, returning it to its natural, pristine state. 